Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 102 is classified as one of the penitential psalms of the Bible. And of course, in these psalms, we find the characteristics of lament, of sorrow, and grief, still with the hope that God will continue to redeem because of who he is. Catherine Butler, writing for DesiringGod.com, says, As fear and desperation engulf us, the psalms teach us to find solace in who God is. When the psalmists cannot discern God's workmanship, In their immediate circumstances, they run to the past, to creation, the Exodus, and God's covenant with Israel. Through such tangible remembrances of God's steadfastness and goodness, the psalmists salvage light, where otherwise they discern only emptiness. William Plummer says affliction is the lot of God's people. Sometimes it is overwhelming and their hearts are ready to faint, as the title of this psalm says. Deep sorrow is no new thing to the saints. Psalm 102. A prayer of one afflicted, when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call, for my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl in the wilderness, like an owl in the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse, for I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time is come, for your servants hold her, stones dear, and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory, for the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord, and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. Oh, my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. 
They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. In this psalm, we hear the cry of the one who is in deep affliction and grief, and this prayer comes before God with such an earnestness and an honesty. We, as Plummer observes, may plead and urge our case as much as we choose, provided we sweetly submit all to God. Indeed, intensity and fervor ought to be manifested in all our prayers for things known to be agreeable to God's will. This is the reality of this psalm. It is one that is earnest and honest, and the psalmist brings his cry before God. As we have found so many other times, and especially in the penitential psalms, he asks for God to not be hidden away, for him to be present, for him to incline his ear to answer him. And incredibly, God chooses to do so. He listens to his people when they pray. Then we hear even more description from the psalmist, talking about his days passing like smoke, means they're just gone in an instant, his bones burning like a furnace, they hurt. A lot of this imagery being taken from the words of Job, which of course we know is the oldest written book in the Bible. And for Job, he certainly knew what it was to face such times of grief and suffering. And then for this psalmist, he also has to face such grief and sorrow. He describes the emotions and state of his soul with such concrete language, his heart being struck down like grass and has withered. It is trampled underfoot. It is uh, withering away to nothingness. He says, I forget to eat my bread. If any of us have been through a severe time of distress and difficulty, what's one of the first things that happens? You say, I'm unable to eat. I'm too upset to eat. I can't finish my bread. He says, I can't even eat because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. This is just the idea of parchedness, of emptiness. And he furthers this by talking about a desert owl of the wilderness, wandering, lost in a dry and thirsty place. We need to recognize that even though we face such times and seasons of the soul that are difficult, we need to remember who God is, remind ourselves of who he is, even as we admit the difficulty, the anger, uh, the frustration that we are experiencing. Plummer again says, By dwelling on the eternity and unchangeableness of God, we may heighten our sense of the vanity and shortness of our own lives. And this may be profitable to us and may sober us. But if rightly done, it will not produce dejection. Ever since the first gospel promise in Eden, up to this day, a better time has been coming to the church. If even the best men believed that their trials and those of the church would last forever, their courage would would utterly fail. So, we know that whatever it is that we are facing, whether it is individually or within our collective communities of our churches, we are not going to face difficulty and sorrow forever. That realization in and of itself should be able to give a little bit of hope to those who are struggling and wrestling through difficult times. Those who do not see the light at the end of the tunnel are doomed to such distress as it 
can't even uh, help you to continue through the day. But if we understand that there is still hope, God still reigns, God is still good, He is still sovereign, He is still in control, He is still kind and good and faithful, all of these attributes remind us of hope that we have if we know Him. This is what the psalmist does. He reminds himself that the Lord is enthroned forever. Even in the face of his suffering, which he acknowledges, part of that is God's own work uh, of responding to him and responding to perhaps some sin that had been committed by the psalmist. Who knows? Um, But he says the Lord is enthroned and he is remembered throughout all generations. Again, as we discussed at the beginning of this episode, when we reflect on God as he has made himself known through creation, through redemption, we are found, uh, we find such hope and such joy in knowing God is continuing his work and that this time will not last forever because he will arise, verse 13, and have pity on Zion, his people. It is the time to favor her. That's what he says. The appointed time has come. God is going to continue to bring restoration to his people. The psalmist, if he could only have seen what was coming in the future, it's possible that this was written in the time of exile when the people of Israel were cast out of the promised land. Uh, They were only a few generations away from seeing the wonderful fulfillment of Jesus Christ coming to this earth to bring redemption. That is the greatest pity on Zion that the Lord has ever had. And it isn't just for the people of God in Zion. It is for the nations. We see that in verse 15. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will fear your glory. God is continuing to expand his kingdom to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Stephen Charnock says, That is God's set time when the church is most believing, most humble, most affectionate to God's interest in it, and most sincere. Without faith, we are not fit to desire mercy. Without humility, we are not fit to receive it. Without affection, we are not fit to value it. Without sincerity, we are not fit to improve it. Times of extremity contribute to the growth and exercise of these qualifications. That's exactly the hope that we have, is that God is continuing to bring His glory and grace and restoration to His people. In this, of course, we cannot leave the psalm without recognizing how much this reflects Jesus Himself, the difficulty that He experienced of pain and suffering on the cross, and He endured all of that for the kindness of His people. The church must continue to press in because of who God is and because of the Redeemer of Jesus Christ. To her, to the church, is what Plummer says, He is everything. In her deepest distress and sorest affliction, a sight of the Redeemer cheers her up. But without Him, she can do nothing. Martin Luther says, For out of and without Christ, there is nothing but the kingdom of sin and death. That is, a continual misery and distress by various and hard temptations of the devil and the world. Great is the grace instead, which God bestows on his people and on their offspring. God has already shown such redemption to us through Jesus Christ. All we have to do is return to him, trust in him, run from the perishing world where we will find no joy, but even in our sorrows, coming to the Lord, and he will be the one to restore us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this psalm. 
reminding us of even in our deepest, darkest sorrows and days of difficulty and distress, you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. You are the God who hears. You are the God who saves. You are the God who has redeemed your people, and you will continue to defend them, to keep them, to help us to follow you. May we be faithful. May we be found faithful when you come again, declaring your glory and your lordship over all things. We love you today, and thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from the Psalms.